Warning, self-control does not share the same views of the influencers that you see on wrestling Twitter. The comments and opinions you will hear in this episode will make you feel some kind of way. Accordingly, the umbrella must insist that you know from jump that we do not care. We at self-control must insist that you listen and make your own opinions and do not attempt to contact us on that bullshit. We will read them and laugh at you in our group chat or pre-production meetings on the phone, accordingly. All right, y'all. Um, we did episode 26 a couple hours ago, like around one o'clock. Um, great episode. You're definitely going to love it. Billy definitely brought the heat for our episode. But um, what transpired at least six, seven hours afterwards, um, somebody really close to us, I mean, we can say close to us, but this person was, excuse me, an icon. Not only of the screen, but like of the stage as well. Uh, she has broken barriers for black actresses with surpassing, surpassing dignity. Um, this woman, this icon, this giant that I'm speaking of is Miss Cicely Tyson. Uh, she died to day at 96 her manager Larry confirmed to CNN earlier today uh, a family statement did not reveal the time of death but only in a written statement her manager said I've managed Miss Tyson's career for over 40 years and each year was a privilege and a blessing um, like I said this career lasted decades uh, of course, she may be best remembered for the TV miniseries, the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. And uh, that role earned her Emmys for Best for Best Actress and Actress of the Year. In 2018, she was awarded an honorary Oscar for her body of work. And she had been nominated earlier in her career in 1973 for her role in the film Sounder. Tyson, Miss Cicely Tyson worked until pretty much the end, until well into her 90s. Um, from TV shows that I've seen her on, like House of Cards or How to Get Away with Murder. Um, and she was even in a, a lot of Tyler Perry movies. And uh, she regularly said that she had no plans for retirement. She still wanted to work. Um, she most recently chronicled her lengthy career in her first memoir, Just As I Am, which was released Tuesday of this week. Um, she thought of, in the statement, 
They said that Sister Sue thought of her new memoir as a Christmas tree, decorated with all the ornaments of her personal professional life. But today she placed the last ornament, a star, on top of the tree. Sister Tyson, you know, she, she was no meek figure. Like I said, she was a giant. She was a titan. She embodied African-American women who not only demanded attention, but respect. She had played civil rights icons, slaves, sharecroppers, truth tellers, mothers, and other complicated women. But she always brought a sense of depth, nobility, and grace to every character. Uh, like I said, the list goes on. I said Sounder. I said Miss Jane Pittman. And then you have Roots. And you have to help. In 2016, she was awarded the Medal of Freedom by the Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama in 2016. And Obama has said that in her long and extraordinary career, Cicely Tyson had not only exceeded as an actor, she had shaped the course of history. The course of history, excuse me. In She was 96 years old, born December 19th, 1924. It's just, um, it's one of those things you don't see coming. And like you'll hear us talk about in our episode, it's just that the latest scene from 2020 just you know more of the same but we like to say that this person has transitioned we don't like to say that they've gone that you know that they've passed on or they died but our ancestors have you know I can't say our ancestors but I will say this she has transitioned to be with the to be with our ancestors and we will miss her deeply and that's pretty much all I have for that um yo love what you got bro for sure yes uh thank you for that brother um being hit with this news tonight definitely I think put puts a lot of things in perspective for uh the black American, you know, um, as I'm just scrolling the timeline and just as I'm just, you know, receiving some text messages and things like that, people are talking about very glad that Sicily was able to receive a fly. Um, and I think that's in part to the fact that he did all the way and being that her face, her life's image is just so consistent with all of the eras, all of the generations, right? From like you talk about, you know what I mean? You talk about, you know, hoodlum and, you know, diary of a man, like woman, and like these generations are just like coming together. I wow. It's like you said, right? Um, the stuff that happens as, you know, Annalise's mother and, uh, you know, how to get away. And just really reaching across all of the errors. And that is it. 
realized that, you know, we could definitely, you know, um, because she touched so many people, so many black people, so many Americans, so many people are just familiar with her image and her voice. And to know that a person such as this that did these things, you know, we didn't have any other choice but to get individual care for her. Um, and so, like, I, I think that this event is one in which that symbolizes uh, a, a, a more of, 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 of a death that's not death that tragic and sad you know really down you know the, the type of things that bring us down a little more down tragic right when you think about some of the other people that we uh you know seen in the in the news past you know covered some folks with the podcast I think Sister Sicily leaving uh, this realm this that she's really leaving behind a lot of glory. She's leaving behind a lot of memory. And she's leaving behind a lot of good feeling. Um, and I really think that tonight we ought to try to find some happiness and some uh, some sort of bittersweet joy, you know, because we won't be staying Sicily in any of the new stuff, right? That many young, you know, talented people are writing some of these, some of these things that We'll be seeing in the next year so many things that's being prepared. There probably was certain characters being written for this right now. Um, and, 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 and I'm sure if any individuals are working on any projects that that probably, you know, pertains to. I'm sure it's a certain feeling. Um, but I think that Sicily definitely leaves us in the best place. And she has provided so much. She has a voice that has like the humanity. You know, she's given a humanity to the black man. You know? And that is worth more than gold itself. It's worth more than dollars. It's worth more than more. It's worth more And I just really, I'm really appreciative of what she was able to do in her 90s. But the other thing that tonight is event, which we definitely try to find the solace in some peace and sister sister uh, home home. But I definitely wanted to say rest in peace to Mr. Tyson. Um, I definitely hope her family all of the people that she touched throughout the year um, see this as a way to know that someone is definitely going to be looking out who was definitely looking inward and seeing what type of humanity that they wanted America to see through the black woman, through the black American. And now that that's taking place, you know, I hope for Sister Sister William. I definitely think that that's the big thing that we consider. Um, yeah, man. Sister Tyson was groundbreaking. She's a trailblazer. Who inspired generations across mediums with her talent, style, grace. And um, I just want to say that we'll miss her dearly. She's definitely somebody who we miss. And like Lorenzo said, you know, um, this isn't tragic. You know, it's just something that has to happen. And um, 
you know, as we say farewell to a champion for civil rights and, you know, a daughter of East Harlem. Uh, we'd like to say uh, thank you for Cicely Tyson. That's pretty much it. Thank you. You know, we'll take it from here. Westwell. And um, that's pretty much where we'll end it here. We just wanted to do a quick, you know, we just wanted to give our respects to a legend before we started this show. And we felt like that's something we had to do. So, um, we're going to end it here. We're going to kick it to uh, us in the past or in the future. Whatever whatever makes sense. Um, we're going to kick it to us doing the show now that y'all are about to hear. Patrol 26, Billy Dixon, Naj, Low. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, enjoy the episode. came over me. I, I, that's the only thing I can say. I don't know what came over me. I just, it's just, hey. You gotta listen to the Blue Magic song. You know Blue Magic, what's come over me, the uh, old, old uh, soul group from Philly. Right. And it's go to YouTube, you know what I mean, and roll one. And okay. It'll have you reflecting. And Yo, you know what album, old school album I was listening to the other day? Um, uh, the, when the first album the Jacksons made when they left Motown. Got you. Yeah. Yo, Mike was out was, playing with niggas. No, they. It was he was going through a transition. Mike was not playing with these niggas, and I'm tired of people making it seem like. Okay, I won't say this because I know I, like a lot of people have different opinions, but I was just saying that um, I feel like off the wall. Is more of a soul album than Thriller. Uh, yeah, oh, it is. for sure. Yeah, that's not right. the that's question. Not... Nah. Nah, but people are trying to play me, though. Thriller is more, was for that time, like Quincy and the shit that he, like, that. that's more like, it was like, a, I mean, you got you got your human natures, you know what I mean? You got your, uh, uh, Lady in My Life. You got those drunk, but like that's that's a that's a pop contemporary album. That's a huge wall of pop, and that joint charted, and we see what happened, and you know. That's but all the is definitely a more yeah. That's that's very accurate. Uh, that's what I'm saying. If you um, there's this, um, I was watching this one thing or whatever, and uh, Mike was so pissed that Off the Wall only got one Grammy nomination or whatever. He was like, yo, and he, he like he went to his mom. He was like, yo, they gotta give they gotta give me all of them next year. 
that's how that's what like that's what he was on. And like they said like that next week he started making thriller. Mm. Like that man was that pissed. And plus he was pissed that the one that he did win, he won during a commercial break. So he was like, yo, they gotta give me all of them this time. Yeah, man. Mike was going for the jugular. <laughs> Mike was Mike was not but like this documentary, they were talking about how he was trying to change up his whole shit. Like, he wanted to be called MJ. <laughs> he wanted, he didn't want to be called Mike no more. He wanted to be called MJ and all type of shit. My man Mike was going off. My man and Mike. we see, like, yeah, like, towards, like, the, that, like, last, you know, just real quick, just, like, that last phase of his career, like, the History album and, like, the Dangerous album, like, the images that we saw, like, on the History album, he got, like, that military jacket and it's, like, a statue of him and, you know. And, you know, by this time, you know, he's doing them concerts all over in Eastern, Western Europe, Budapest, and people falling out and everything. Like, Bull, like, Bull took over the world. Like, he really took the world over. You know what I mean? Yo, like, I ain't never seen nobody make people do shit like that, bro. Yeah, man. I was a kid. I used to, like, yo, who is this boy? Like, what? And then you figure out the kid stuff, you know, Michael Jackson, American Dream. And it's like, oh, this was him, too. So, Bull... Okay, so when he was a kid, he had the fro and all that, and he had these brothers. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> it was just like a, a – it was like a universe, like the Jackson universe. You know what I mean? Like, what's some, I don't know, bro. That, you know, he had movies and the Moonwalker and – Yo, Moonwalker was my favorite movies and one of my favorite videos. See? You know, pop You know, pop culture, man, just took it over. Where it was like the whole movie, uh, the whole game was like the uh, Smooth Criminal video? Yeah. 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 Scared it. All right, man. Y'all ready to get into this thing? All yes, right. Yes, sir. Let's do this, man. Chop the roof and let the smoke clear. Chop the roof and let the smoke clear. I got the others doing this, it's nice both days. Dice rolling on the Las Vegas trip to die. Slip that on and we might miss the fight. Fuck a lot, I keep the quality in my shorty bag. No, she won the mom when she tattooed that ass. I'm a lover boy. She got her toys. She been coming in the bottom. Just that roll myself a day and count my figure shit. Just been stepping out, I feel like I'm that nigga shit. I drop 30 on this room, we ain't gon' sleep for shit. If I catch you knocking off, then it's gon' be some shit. Well, you can do what you wanna do, how you wanna spend what you wanna be. Who you 
Okay, 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 okay. Hey, Billy, how we coming in? What's good? What's good? Yo, Lorenzo, how we coming in? Perfecto. All right. Let's get to the proceeding this evening. My mic sounds nice. Check one. My mic sounds nice. Check two. Ladies and gentlemen, he, him, she, her, they, them, y'all. Welcome to another edition, another episode of the Self-Control Podcast where the energy never dies and the energy never lies. And uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to episode, where we at? 25, 26? Where we, where we at, Lo? We are, we there, we there. 26, 26, 26. Okay. All right, patrols 26, as we like to call it. And uh, today, today, peoples, my peoples, we got somebody returning to the control center we got it's nothing but family whenever they come through we love we love our brother so much man he he gave his parents his burning he's working on some some real real dope shit that i'm just gonna let him talk his shit on pretty soon like man anytime he comes on the timeline or anytime i talk to this person i'm instantly all smiles because like i just genuinely love this person and what they bring and they're so good, so good peoples. Ladies and gentlemen, back in the control center, we got our brother, Billy Dixon. What's poppin', baby? What's Thank poppin'? you for the kind words. Oh, no problem. Mm-hmm. No problem, most definitely, man. How are you doing? Um, tired. I'm about to do 15 hours at the Clark Kent job, then do 10, and then drive five hours. For my next show, so we 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 working, we working. I see you, I see you, man. Lorenzo, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. I just also wanted to greet Bill as well. How you doing, brother? I hear that you're working and everything, man. But you know, you're 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 a huge inspiration to us all. So I know you don't, you know, I know what comes without thanks. But I I just want to thank you for everything that you do, bro. It's very inspirational and it's very motivational. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. Yeah, man, especially about what you're about to do today. Like, you just said, like, you just about to work. you about to work these hours, and then you about to get on the road. Like, man. That's the life. That's the life. The life is what we chose. The life we chose, man. For sure, for sure. Definitely, 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 man. So, I wanted to uh, start this show off. By asking y'all, y'all got your monies and everything together the past couple of days? Because, like, what I'm just seeing on the Internet, I've been trying to – I got this, like, this $10. I've been trying to give away to some stocks, but I ain't been able <laughs> to decide who to give my $10 to. Um, I know everybody, like, 
everybody buying shares in GameStop and uh, Nokia and all these other stuff, man. People, yo, people's getting paid off this shit, this Robinhood app or whatever they're doing, yo. But um, I just wanted to ask y'all, have y'all been participating in anything with the stocks or anything? Have, have y'all ears been to the streets? Bill? Uh, hell no. Um, <laughs> uh, I learned about stocks in uh, seventh or eighth grade, and I remember the teacher explaining it, and I was like, oh, so this is just gambling, right? And then <laughs> she was like, I mean, you could put it that way, and I was like, I'm good. Um, yeah, so I, I, I know all that's going on. I tweeted about it about an hour ago. I was just like, so I look like rich niggas are mad that poor niggas ran game and now they're trying to legalize their scamming um to their benefit again so i mean i i personally uh, i i'd rather go to the the slots or the old people bingo night and take my chances there than the new york stock exchange i don't know there's like devil energy over there i try to stay away from that area when i'm in and when i'm home but yeah nah i don't do stocks what about you, Lo? You 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 in this? You heavy in the stock game? First of all, I just want to say, Bill, I definitely appreciate that answer. Um, because it's 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 that perspective is one that I think that's needed on a more broad scale. But uh, at the moment, no, I I, I have not um invested in any uh stocks. Um, and I'm glad that Billy brought up gambling. Um, because you know when I was a bit of a younger man, I myself uh, had some experience with you know uh, uh, booking, right? Just talking about sports betting in general. Um, and me and my own personal, you know, dealings with that things got kind of things got out of hand when I was young, uh, kind of in that cusp, you know, going from uh, high school to college. Um, and it's like yeah, you know, these you know this money is is, is going pretty fast. So I just had to reorient uh, myself and just learn about money and just like having just a lot of epiphanies at that time about like the actual value of money and what the American dollar system is really for. Um, but I have a lot of friends who are like into the numbers and into the stock like that. I got a couple family members. Um, but me personally, no, but I just think that the story in and of itself is just, the story is just incredible. It's like every day we wake up with these crazy stories happening in, in economics and politics. And uh, it's, it's just another one of those uh, 2020 bonus just some 2020 bonus content. Yeah. Deleted scene is a deleted scene from 2021. Oh, man. And just thinking about the whole concept of shorting and that, and, you know, just this, the whole game in and of itself, man. And just, you know, it reminds me of like, you know, 2008 and like, you know, the film, the big short and everything. And basically you had big banks bet on the housing market falling. You know what I mean? And this time it was, you know, and nobody really profited off of that, right? Um, you know, America went under, and you know, the banks got bailed out instead of the people. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this time people were able to profit, and you know, the the, the system is the house is upset, the house is mad because the house lost a lot, and I mean, the house gained some more. I mean, you have companies like BlackRock who owned millions of dollars in GameStop. Uh, I mean, excuse me, millions of shares of a uh, GameStop stock. And they profited it really handsomely, about several billion dollars. And BlackRock does a lot of out-of-pocket things in today's economic market and the political market and et cetera. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot going on. But right now, the focus is on, you know, the common person, you know, get, being able to win like 75000 or 
other people won like 10 million. It's, it, you know, it's, it's an incredible story, but you know, the house is definitely upset, but it's amazing I, to rather than, uh, participate in, in, in my opinion. I just took it as the have nots having it all for, for a couple of days, man. And it was just so beautiful to see like people who you wouldn't necessarily see, like niggas is looking like Gordon Gecko out here. Like they yeah. <laughs> looking like Patrick <laughs> Bateman. <laughs> Man. Yo, my homeboy, my homeboy hit me on the text. He was like, "Yo, you heard about the Naked Brand?" I was like, "The fuck is the Naked Brand?" He was like, "Yo, you might want to put like ten dollars in there. They're doing two fifty a share." I was like, "Word, <laughs> like two fifty a share?" And for me, I don't know anything about that other than that's some cheap ass stock right there. And yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't participate. I didn't buy it. Somebody told me not to, but other than that, man, it's just it's just been real interesting to see the timeline and seeing how everybody's been acting about it. Like I, I saw Ja Rule say something or whatever. I was like, why we got Ja Rule? <laughs> we gotta know what he thinks these days. You just have to know what Ja thinks. Where's Ja? <laughs> oh man, that shit is crazy, man. Oh man. But um, yo, Billy, what's been going on with you, brother? Like, what has been going on with you, man? Like, last time we talked, Paris is burning was about to drop. Now you're working on some other stuff. What's good? What's good with your world, man? Let us let let us know what's happening with you. Uh, shit. Um, yeah, uh, I kind of was looking at the, the lay of the land and I just was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, it sounds pretentious and like real Bushwick of me, but like I'm going to create a production house in wrestling. Cause I feel like uh, I'm making shit that's resonating, but Man, I'm that's also just hard. That, that shit just sounds hard. Like that shit sounds dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I was very happy with how Paris's bumping turned out. You know, we, you know, the numbers were comparative to quote unquote competition of the white cishet variety. Um, and we held our own as far as, you know, all the shitty analytics and data, all that bullshit. But, um, yeah, it was just really nice to see the, the, the more so the feedback, you know, people feeling like they saw themselves for the first time or they never felt like there was a wrestling show that really they could feel really welcome or invited into and also you know um you know for the workers involved in it they really were were happy to be a part of it and you know i i decided that you know i'm giving it a year trial you know because shit costs money shit costs time and energy and effort uh of running this production so i have five projects um for 2021 and they only get more and more chaotic as the year goes on. So I'm hoping that the microchip works so I can start making some money off of this shit. Um, but the first thing we're doing is the Cassandro Cup, which is uh, the first annual like LGBT tournament um, featuring eight competitors. And then we have like some non-tournament matches. And, you know, luckily I was able to talk to Cassandro and get his blessing to name it after him. Um, and also, I I didn't want to... I didn't want to say this publicly, but I mean, I, I don't fucking know. 
Uh, but I was in conversation with Jenny Livingston, uh, who was the filmmaker behind Paris is Burning, uh, which was really dope. Um, not, I'm not saying like she's my best friend or no shit like that, but you know, we, we had right. a brief conversation and I was like, whoa. Um, and you know, we doing the, the sequel, uh, and we also working on some projects that are really ambitious in nature and are really reliant on the world getting back to normal ish. But I, I want to do shit that no one's ever done before. You know, I want to, I want to push the boundaries of what this, this game is, you know, it's just for me. And I'm being a little bit more conscious and a little bit more sensitive as I get older, but like, you know, I, I, I found myself watching modern wrestling getting really bored really easily because, you know, I feel like I'm watching a rerun of a rerun of a copy of a VHS tape from like the sixties or whatever. Um, you know, and I just like, how can I remix it? How can we, how can we add a, a, a new spice that no one ever thought of? A new combination, which is like hybrid wrestling is the future, in my opinion. Uh, you know, like, um, you know, my goal is not to mark out the the wrestling fan who subscribes to the Observer and uh, you know knows every New Japan World Heavyweight Champion by size order, you know. Like I have no interest in that particular fan base because they're not they're never gonna just watch it to enjoy it. They're gonna watch it to critique it. They're gonna watch it to, to pick it apart. You know, I'm 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 more interested in the casual fan base and the new audiences, which is why this production house exists, you know. And I'm making projects for niggas. Like there's something that I've been really wanting to do that I've never seen that I remember watching all my childhood thinking like Man, this would go so hard with some with some niggas doing this shit. Um, and there's a project I'm doing. Hopefully, I can I can I can make it happen. But it's just like, you know, I I I'll put it out there. It's like a wrestling adaptation of Juice, right? So it's like taking that concept, but applying it to some real world shit as a, as a show concept. You know, doing that. You know, another another project we're working on is. I don't care if somebody steal it, then that's less work I got to do. Uh, is my big thing. I won't say the name of it, but it's a it's a Coachella concept where we would do something in a park, probably somewhere in the city, so I don't got to travel. Um, and it's three rings, so it's like ring A, ring B, and then the main ring. So you got three wrestling shows going on at the same time. People can flow through and move through traffic as they please, and each wrestling company or whatever presents a set. So it's not necessarily show, 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 it's matches. So, you know, GCW presents this match. Synergy Wrestling presents this match. You know, uh, Fight Club presents this match. Or whatever the fuck. You know, some shit like that where it moves a little bit faster than, you know, this other shit. I mean, there's a lot of other shit. You know, wrestling is like on a standstill right now, right? Whatever. But like, there's a lot of other shit we can do to push it forward and make it a lot more mainstream and cool and uh, like accessible to people that don't necessarily fuck with wrestling heavy. Cause I don't care if, you know, if you don't watch raw every week, but if you want to come to what I do four times a year, fuck that. I fuck with that. Mm. I'm not looking for hard, hardcore fans for what, you know, they're just going to pick it apart, you know? So basically my, my year is dedicated to building this thing up and seeing where we can take it. 
that shit sounds so hard, bro. And I I love all the ideas that you come from. Like, and if if you need anybody to play the Samuel L. Jackson part in Juice, <laughs> I'm down. I got you. I'm down to play the play flip from Juice. I'm down with that, yo. Like, it's just it's just so crazy. Um, and I wanted to ask you about uh Paris's bumper because one of my favorite parts was uh was Candy's part. Candy and everybody else ripped it. That was one of my favorite parts. Um, just watching it for the first time, like after you had already edited it and everything, just watching it and kind of like just seeing the timeline. What did that do for you? Like, how did you feel about? Well, you know, I love uh, that. <laughs> well, no. What's funny is that I was actually being um in real time. I, I never talked about this publicly. Uh, I was in real time being publicly extorted by somebody I used to be friends with in wrestling as the show was premiering. Um, so I didn't get to enjoy the show because number one, I was dealing with somebody that was trying to expose me off of lies on a, like a little burner account. Uh, so there was that. I was live tweeting the show off of the Paris account. So I wasn't getting a chance to really pay attention and soak it in. And number three, I was looking at the clock because I had to be at work by midnight and the show came on at 10 o'clock and I knew the show was going to run over and I had a post show to do. So in the moment I was focused on everything, but enjoying the fruits of my labor, unfortunately. Um, but in retrospect, like a couple of days after uh, I sat and I looked at the comments and I was just like, shit was worth it. You know, it's, 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 it's not easy. You know, professional wrestlers do not understand what a shoot is, a video shoot is, that it takes hours upon hours upon hours, that it takes takes, that it takes criticism and direction, you know, and I'm not talking shit about wrestlers. It's just that it's a, we're, we're moving as an industry into this new genre and mm-hmm. this way of doing things that's different. You know, a wrestler is an improvisational actor, right? So they're used to, I got one take, that's it. But when you tell them, I actually stop, do this over, move this way, you're not in the frame here. You know, you, you're, you're presenting it in a whole different way. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a lot more of a process and, you know, it was a lot more tiring. I mean, for me, like these, these shoots are tiring. I'm running around like maybe I should get somebody to record me the day of the show. Cause it's hilarious. Cause I know I'll run around like a chicken with my head cut off and I just have this look of just fucking panic. Like, holy shit. One thing is going to go wrong. I'm just going to fucking like, off myself but like you know it's 10 8 10 12 hours of just making the magic happen you know and you know as as well as you know mariah moreno uh she lives on the west coast so when we did her segment i'm directing this woman at like three o'clock in the morning my time over skype you know all right now shake your ass this way you know, you know what I mean? Like, like, all right, you got to get that look, but you got to get that look this way. And I'm half sleep. I'm half sleep trying to make that happen or, you know, doing it across the world with Candy Lee. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a big process. So when I saw the feedback and the and the, the appreciation, you know, I was really grateful because it made it worth it, because there are times when you do these kind of things, especially for me, the big concern I had about that particular project was it was just going to get shitted on 
because it, it wouldn't have made sense or it was too ambitious or it's too outside of like the, 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 the comfort zone of like wrestler fan Betty and Joe beer can or whatever. Right. So it's just like, they know this, you know, and I'm all the way over here. So, uh, I'm glad that, uh, uh people fucked with it. Yeah. I'm really glad. And I was like, I don't want to do another one after that. I was so fucking tired, dog. Um, like I didn't like, I don't enjoy the shoots at all. Like everybody gets to hang out and kiki and like take photos and like selfies and Instagram and shit. And then you just see me. There's photos of me where I look. I might release a couple. There's photos of me where I look fucking insane. I look like I'm just like like a like a parent yelling and just like all this kind of stuff. And you can see the exhaustion on my face. Even with the thing I just did, Cassandro Cup, you can see the exhaustion. But like, it's worth it because you know. And I was talking to Effie about this. We you know because. I would say the main people who are making moves on our end at the very forefront of creating like content would be him, myself, Envy Young. I was just about to say that y'all three. And I can't think of nobody else. I'm, I, oh, oh, of course. No, let me. I can't forget her. Um, and uh, Dark Sheik out of the West Coast for sure are like the the four of us. I think all together are like the main ones creating work and opportunity and content. For this whole community of people that just grows every fucking day. And it's just like, you know, he looked at me and I was on the floor, like exhausted. He just looked at me, nodded his head. He was like, if he's like, nobody else is going to do it. Might as well be us. And then we, he just walked away. And it's just that that understanding of like the shit is tiring, but it's the work that has to be done. It has to be done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm being long-winded as fuck, but... No, 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 bro, bro. This is... We we wanted you to come here. We wanted you to talk your shit. We wanted you to share with us. So thank you so much for sharing with us, man. And I would love if y'all made, like, a documentary of, like, of, like, the making of Paris is Burning or whatever y'all got. That shit just sounds like... Me, I'm a nerd, so I love looking at behind-the-scenes shit anyway. Yeah. Um, so... See, everything is like a 50-50, right? So when I was like, I've been holding in some real resentment regarding Paris' bumping, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, as myself, as a professional wrestler and a creator or whatever, and like, I'm, I'm gay, I'm proud of that, that's cool. But we keep forgetting, as far as the wrestling universe, one of the things that pissed me off is that, and it's because of lack of education, which I have to like, excuse, but... Paris is Bumping was a black event that celebrated black history. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yes. like that, that, that's black history. That mm-hmm. ain't no white history. That ain't no, you know, you, there's a section of ball culture that is Afro-Latino or whatever. But to me, I'm just going to focus on the Afro part because they were all dark in that bitch. You know, like, and I feel like, and this is like where I'm going to draw a lot of heat and probably like get canceled. I don't give a shit. But there's this collective of black podcasters, content creators, influencers that kind of knew what was happening and I think knew the gravity of it and then ignored that we were making history, right? So it's like, it's weird. And like, I keep, I, I, you know, one of, one of my favorite people to talk to about real shit is Darius Lockhart because I think he's, probably the realest nigga I've ever met in wrestling. Cause like we will, and he will check my ego and I will check his. And you know, you know, it's a difference between, yo, I'm in my feelings about this. And now this is some actual bullshit. And mm-hmm. you know, talk your shit, you know, 
So I've had this conversation with him, and he's like, I think you're not necessarily wrong. But, you know, it's like these podcasts that, like, all of a sudden, it was just like, black this, black that, you know, when shit got hot and heavy in June, and then I realized as I become becoming more and more radicalized that that's a whole other issue we have to address as a people. But, like, in the wrestling sphere, we were doing this thing where we're like, yeah, black and proud, black and proud, and, like, lifting up this particular black event, right? So it's like, it's like, for the culture, right, was AJ's event. Loved it. I was a part of it. I loved commentating it. Hell yeah, that's a step in the right direction. You know, everything patterned in the UK, step in the right direction. Coverage, you know what I'm saying? All of this shit. And it's like, I don't think it's a homophobic thing at all. I think it's a lack of acknowledging that, yes, like, this is black history and wrestling. Like, do we feature white performers, performers of other ethnicities? Of course we did. But I think one of my big issues was feeling like, a little confused and myth that like you follow me, you tweeted about my show, but you have the platform in order to push my show, right? Like if we for the culture, then we pushing each other's shit. But it was radio silence on your part. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I'm 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 confused. And then it's like, what is progression of black? professional wrestling right like what is this actual concept that we're, we're we're saying it but what is it because in my personal opinion a lot of these black led some let me rephrase some of these black led projects are actually just performing within the realm of white acceptability and they're not actually black movements at all but to me like independently being like i'm not attaching myself to no white nigga period like, I'm going to crowdfund my shit. I'm going to grassroots my shit. And I'm going to make it unapologetically black to the point where I acknowledge that Ric Flair was a fucking racist on my shit. Know mm. what I'm With a guy who idolized Ric Flair. And then we did a Ric Flair and Dusty Rose spot. Like, like to me, it's just like, and I'm not calling myself a genius because I think that's potential to shit. But it's like, we are acknowledging black history throughout this program in so many different ways. And then it's just like, and then like, you know, the person who made the difference in the main event was a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, like really systematically, like I'm thinking, how can I create a program that really uplifts my community in the most authentic way possible, but also hidden on these touchstones. And then it just feels like these projects and I'm not going to name names or anything, but it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm a black guy and I'm doing this stuff and I'm so great because I'm doing this shit. But like, I don't feel like you really moving shit forward for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like you really, it doesn't feel, for lack of a better term, for the culture. It just doesn't. It just feels like it's hot right now to complain about being black. X, 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 Y, black. X, 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 Y, black. But like, it doesn't feel like it's in spite of the systems that hold us down as people. So for me, the frustrating part about Paris is bumping was that it to me, and I could be wrong and overly sensitive, but like there was this kind of like big wall of silence from these like major black people that for some reason or another hold a reverence in the community space. And that's what's kind of the frustrating part. Cause I'm not in competition with other black promoters. Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. But 
you know what I like I I guess I'm I, I, I guess I'm that's the point. I'm not in competition with these people and I want them to eat as much as I do. But we can't we can't we can't be, you know, praising on a on, on platforms and pages about the progression of black professional wrestling and then giving white guys credit because they know how to spit a couple bars. Like it don't make sense to me. Like it don't make sense. Or like praising praising white women because they got like three pounds of ass like like we can't we can't be doing all of that like that's like inconsistent messaging i guess that's not my issue it's like if we're gonna do this as a movement the messaging needs to be consistent and i'm just sitting back and i'm like okay okay like am i being jealous or am i actually calling out a problem within a movement that should be addressed so that's kind of the the, it was you know paris's bumping was a was a very full experience it was as positive it was more positive than it was negative, but the negative part I found to be incredibly profound. For me, I felt, um, first of all, when I watched Paris's um, bumping, I know I hit Lorenzo up. I was like, yo, you, you like, you watching this? And I don't, I don't think Lorenzo was at the house that time. He was like, nah, I ain't caught it yet, but I'm gonna catch it. And then like, he hit me back after. He's like, yo, you watching this? And I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. And I got to share it with somebody who I really care about. Um, I shared the Candy Lee scene with her. Mm-hmm. And she hit me back and was like, yo, what is this? Like, this is hot. Like, this is fly. And, she, and, and I'm just explaining everything that you explained to me, Billy, about what Paris's bumping was. And she was just like, yo, to see all this representation in the ring, she said, like, she made it seem like like, yo, this would make me want to see more of this, you know? Like, because she identifies as queer. And so she's just like, yo, like, she felt like for her to see that, it, she said, like, it gave her joy. And for me to share that with somebody who, you know, doesn't really think about wrestling, you know, like that, you know, but to share that with them, some like, who don't even know anything, and they felt represented and seeing that made me feel good that I could, I could share that, that I could, you know, do that. But I also feel what you're saying because we say these things like for the culture and whatnot, but at the end of the day, and I think it's something I believe that will either it's been like a cut, like a cutoff conversation that me and Lorenzo had or whatever. But I do remember Lorenzo saying, whether it was to me or on the timeline, like whose culture is it ours? Because it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's ours. It feels like our culture is being cohabitated or whatever by people, you know. And just like how uh, Lorenzo, you also posed this question. It wasn't really a joke, but you just said like you had just saw the tweet and we had talked about this. You know, is this company becoming like the new black, the, the new place for remember what I was saying for indie um for black indie wrestling? Yeah. Um, it's just like you said sometimes it doesn't feel like we're doing things in spite of it just feels like we're doing things in con- in conjunction with right exactly you know like I'm not saying it's a menstrual show but I'm just saying like you know this what you just saw was brought to you by you know it wasn't by us it was by these white folks over here, like you said, who know a couple rap songs and think you know 
and think shit is sweet. You know, things is cool. And, you know, can name all their black friends and they want to get down with it. Right. You know? and, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You know, one of the biggest realizations I made about 2020 and like life, right? Especially like as a person at different intersections is moral, moral, uh, what's the word? Moral compromises are just a, a way of life. Like, you know, if someone's saying, yo, here's bread, here's three hours, make it happen. Do you go, yeah, but you did X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z is fucked up, and kind of in spite of what I'm doing, right? But I'm thinking about the good that this opportunity could have. Right. So there's that part of it, because at some point, you know, we, you got to follow the money. You know, here's a big thing that a lot of people don't want you to know. There is no money in independent wrestling, period. <laughs> like everybody fronting like they're making all this cash. I'm telling you. No, you making as much as is a manager at McDonald's at best, which is no disrespect to managers at McDonald's. I'm just saying like an economical equivalent. So. You know, at some point, you do have to make moral compromises. But at the same point, if you are compromising your morality to make an opportunity for the better good, there's a level of transparency. I believe that your supporters are old in the in the in the process. Right. So, like, I know that there was some shit with the Russell Joy people uh, that was like anti whatever. I don't I didn't fucking run. I don't give a shit about that shit. And I basically said to my fan base, if you can come up with the two and a half grand that they give me to run my shows, then I will never use them again. But if you can't, you can't talk shit. You know, so there's that element. That's real. There's that element to it as well. Like, did they do, did they make a non-kosher move? Probably, you know. Was it as fucked up as people making it out to be? Not, not, Not at all, in my personal purview. But at the end of the day... That's a huge financial backer for me. So I'm supposed to I'm supposed to stop my bag and my progress that I'm trying to do because you're mad. You know, it's it, it's a lot of different things. So as much as I'm I'm feeling one type of way, I can understand the other side. You know, but it is what it it, it is what it is. But I don't even like saying that because it shouldn't be what it is. It shouldn't be what it is. But creating that equity is is near impossible in this particular art form. You know, you always probably gonna have to be tied to that thing you don't want to be tied to at every step of the turn. You know, if you look at all of the advancements that we've made as people of whatever gender, race, sexuality, whatever, you tie to it so hard because it's so embedded. Wrestling, it's it's this weird like over concentration. It's like it's like if you imagine white supremacy as drugs, right? This is like mm-hmm. 1988 crack. You know, it's so concentrated into the culture. So let's say you're trying to get you trying to get clean off the shit. You know, you're still gonna be feeding off of it, aka methadone clinics, all that shit. You know, like the the, the process to getting better just means that you continue keeping it with you. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of the thing that is, is happening. I feel you know. So let me ask you this: What like 
Should y'all have to do that type of to where y'all got to feel, you know, morally, where y'all have to, you know, compromise morally or feel conflicted or whatever? Should Like, I feel like y'all shouldn't have to be on that tightrope. That's because of neoliberalism, you know what I mean? Like, mm. that, 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 I mean, you know, you, you know, like, for example, right, like the fan base, right, like, a lot of what like progressive wrestling Twitter is is a lot of like um watchdog shit, right? So it's like you're under surveillance, right? And there's like a, this tightrope that you have to walk. Cause as a professional wrestler, naturally you're a scumbag piece of shit. It is what it is. Like I'm not saying nothing that isn't common knowledge. Like you, you break the law regularly, you know, you're dealing with people that are not great characters. Or that you don't jive, you wouldn't normally jive with morally, right? Like that's the nature of it. Like wrestling is where, honestly, a, 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 a neo-Nazi and a Black Panther could be friends. As crazy as that sounds, professional wrestling is just one of these things where, like, these you see these friendships and they make no sense, but it's because the drug of the performance brings people together in strange, strange ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh. But uh, the tightrope is is acknowledging that that's part of the culture of being a wrestler. And then because I'm black, because I'm gay, or because I'm trans, or because I'm this, or because I'm that, I'm held to this elevated position of being to where I'm almost like a deity in which I can't do a thing wrong or a thing that's out of this, like this, these people's specific, ever-changing, ever-growing, ever evolutionizing list of morals or correct behaviors and the second I step left of center or right of center is immediately a problem mm-hmm. so the very people that are working to represent you the very people that are working to make what changes that they can make for you are the very people that you actually target the most because the applause on social media for a good zinger or a gotcha tweet means more than the actual progress that that person made to, to a group of these people. You know, uh, like we talked about this last time. You know, for example, the thing that happened with the black girl saying that her hair was real, right? At what point do you think that she got the message? You know what I mean? Like at some point the, the 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 horse is dead, but you're still kicking and punching and stabbing and shooting, but the horse is dead. At right. what well, at what point does it turn into? At what point does it turn into? Yeah, you, my nigga, you fucked up. Versus, hey, look at me. I'm telling my nigga that he fucked up. Isn't that great? Like you got a phone and you like, oh shit. My nigga fucked up. Like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? Like, that's not no, accountability. You know, that's not that shit. But that's part of this, like, this, 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 this culture of wrestling fans. Like, and this culture of wrestling, uh, period, is this like these, these like hypersensitive, hyper tender people who like don't understand that sometimes shit is the way it is, feeling uh, uh, entitlement to every facet of your decision making and being. And creating a stage to to do like the new version of the Salem witch trial, which is just like cancellation. 
You know, because people get joy out of seeing people fuck up. So that's what this shit is. Lo, you, I've seen you too quiet. I've seen you do the Malcolm X pose for at least 15 minutes while Billy was out here talking. I know you got some stuff. Mm-hmm. Hit, hit, um, hit it. I, I, had a, I had a question for Billy, but I think I'm, I'm going to save it because I had, I had a few that he pretty much answered, but I, I had kind of a, uh, 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 it was, it's really a wrap it up question, so I'm, I'm gonna save it for later, and I, I have it here. Um, but I'm glad these things are being brought up um, in, in this particular space that it is, um, and it's reminded me of a lot, uh, just a lot of things. You know, my time at Full Sail University, a lot, right? Because a lot of times I think people like us like step on that timeline, who have actual experiences and not just experiences online, right? And when we talk about them, like, people just get so, like, like, I can't tell y'all how many, like, people are just annoyed at, like, you, like, people trying to make things better online, right? Or trying to, because to Billy's point about, you know, about bumping is that, you know, I remember back in episode 15, like, this was kind of the, we were kind of having these conversations a little earlier about, like, coverage and who's pointing out what and who platforming who like we've had these kind you know we've kind of started and i think that billy is in a place where it's like you know the fact that it dropped and like just like seeing it and like just experiencing everything from the fallout of it it's like now confirmed that like this particular like culture is very individualistic and it's not for the betterment of the collective no pun intended at all um and so for me, I'm just at a place where it's like, yeah, like who, like who is this for? Like for the culture, or is it for the individual, or 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 or, or just you know more frankly, or is it just for the nigga? You know what I mean? Um, because I think when we think about like representation and all of these things and representation mattering and and this and that, like representation must also come with substance. Um, I think that representation is is you know within this representation thing. We overvalue uh, tokenism, right? We see like a guy, you know, at a mania when this belt and now like black people are redeemed in wrestling, like from now until, you know, uh, until the end of the world. It was just this really interesting like vibe when that man won that title at that one event and what that meant and how historic was to people, how historic it is that this black man is in this quote-unquote white arena, figuratively and literally, right? And that's so historic, right? But something like bumping doesn't, as far as the buzz uh, is concerned, the buzz necessarily doesn't meet that of the Kofi moment. And we think about things like, you know, things that are in the mainstream and things that, you know, are pumped, you know, to the public so consistently. And that's what essentially what these companies are like. They're more than just wrestling companies. I think I said this on, on this podcast before that, like a company like the WWE is, is a media conglomerate. They're a media company. It's more than just wrestling at this point. You know what I mean? When you're on when you're on television for like eight hours a week, when you have a billion dollar contract with uh, a television corporation, we're not just talking about wrestling anymore. We're talking about some serious like money and we're talking about some serious people some serious investors and that's why we still have like the major wrestling going on in spite of this global pandemic right now because essentially like if wrestling wasn't coming on television and things like that as far as like fox is concerned and usa like those those people will be in court for years there'll be years and years of litigation behind these million billion dollar contracts and this 
program necessarily like not being able to be on television because of it would be a lot and like the advertising thing and all of these things right um so we just see what the priority is i think that overall within a lot of these cultures when we talk about music sports and everything it's a really intense feeling of profits over people and so for a project i you know, I, you know i'm not trying to speak for billy right now necessarily but a project like bumping i think lends to the, the the aspects of you know people need to be over profits right when we think about everything that certain communities have been through when we think about um just certain tragedies and certain triumphs as well right because i don't want to be black death we could do black joy too right um but i just think that this culture definitely you know within it is just is, is just so pervasive to just like latch on to like the liberal white stuff as a black person and you not necessarily represent the best interests of the other community, but you're just representing the best interests of yourself and your brand. And, you know, I just think that we've definitely had different iterations of these conversations over time. But now that, you know, 2020 is over and we get in this bonus content, like we can we can see clearly, you know what I mean? Like we can really see who prioritizes what and what's important to some of these people. And, you know, when we say black and this and that to the third and it's just very tokeny and it is very individualistic. And it, 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 when people think black, they, they're, they're trying to think of like an ideal black person, not like every black person that exists, someone that makes them feel better or something like that. But it's, it's just a really uh, weird uh, relationship with this culture. Right. That's why I think for me, like I think it was even during my and I'm not trying to like, you know, editorialize, but I even think it was during like, my you know, the last for me, it was like kind of like my last like general who I would wrestle on Twitter was the stuff about, you know, the sister, right, that had that incident with those people. And I just had some things to say about that because things seemed very, like, mobby to me. And it seemed very, like, you know, witch trialish and, you know, people with the pitchforks and all of that, but it's just online. And since it was a black person, I had something to say about that. And, you know, it's a black woman. I got something to say about that, right? And so from there, it was just a whole lot that was being said to me and, there's a whole lot that would just, it's just like, this, this, like, mentality is very cult-like, and I don't want nothing to do with this shit, you know what I mean? Not as far as, like, the Twitter thing, because we know what work we're doing right now, but when it comes to that Twitter thing, it's just so, like, it, it really don't really mean anything in the grand scheme of, like, the real work that's being done. It's just a bunch of people screaming into a void, you know what I mean? And so that's why I have so much admiration and respect for Billy, because it's about trying to reach a new person. It's about trying to reach a non-insular person who may be looking for a community that's probably familiar with something like wrestling, that's probably familiar with a lot of the things that you will see within Billy's media, but we're trying to focus in on a person that just needs to be addressed, not a person that necessarily has decided on, like, this is what they think for life, and they never can't change their mind about anything or see the humanity in anybody else, right? Um, so, yeah, that's my thing. I just think that, you know, the, the community is very white supremacist, it's very individualistic, and the only way you're going to be really fully really kind of accepted into it or like the mainstream or whatever the case is, is just that like, if you just don't have certain opinions publicly and if you know, but if we don't have these opinions publicly, like how can we change things? And for the people that have something to say about people that want to change things, well, we know what to say about those people. You know what I mean? Like you just want the status quo to be the same. You want this thing to be white supremacist and you just want a black safe token every now and then you want a black, you want to, you know, you want a black gay token every now and then and it's like nobody's going to move how you want them to move and we obviously see that with some of these crazy ass white people in dc a few weeks ago right so that's just my thing man it's just like nobody really no you know nobody's really married to facts you know what i mean opinions of value more than facts these days and um we looking at the mainstream 
and the tokens in the mainstream, like that's the biggest history when it's actually not, when it's people that with that are within the working class that are doing way more historic shit. And that's definitely putting in probably more work because I know when you a mainstream wrestler, it's a lot of fucking downtime and people got YouTube pages. They got this and that to the third, but this is like actual fucking people work that people in this space are doing and it's not being talked about enough. So I'm, I'm definitely with Billy on all of that. So yeah, that's just what I was thinking when I was listening that, um, in order for these things to change, like we just got to have these tough conversations and it is what it is. And you, you had mentioned something just, just now that, you know, and, and, and some of these, some of these individuals, you know, they are my brothers and I do care about them, you know, for real, but absolutely. absolutely. And, but the, I think the thing about like, who are the leaders? And this is going to sound really pointed, but I swear it's not. Who are the leaders in these conversations, right? On like wrestling Twitter. And it's like, they're black people that have a malleability that is enticing to the white gaze. You know, I'm going to publicly talk about myself in a really self-deprecating way and cut myself down to size. Or I'm going to play the role of like a child, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to act like a child and I'm going to act like I don't know better, you know, but the concept of like a strong rock of a, of a, of a person that's, that's black in this space does not exist. Does not exist for 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 their uh, admiration or respect, but ones that continuously need pity, ones that continuously need affirmations for no reason, you know, ones that continuously have this like fuck up factor, you know, and I think part of that is is that, and a, a lot of these brothers and sisters don't realize it. And, and, and siblings uh, is that pity is 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 is, a, is a, an emotion and a and a and a to into caring about somebody or friendship, right? So I see the the rise of some of these brothers and sisters and siblings in in, in spaces like this where I'm looking at people just pitying them, but not respecting the work. Not respecting them, their, their spirit, their soul, but doing the Daddy Warbucks Little Orphan Andy bit in real time, and that's kind of the thing that's the most alarming is that you know, and these are people that are toted as like, you are the beacon of all that is black and wrestling, and I'm going, yeah, but y'all, 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 y'all are waiting for that downfall. I see it. Because when there's a little, little bit, y'all chomp, you know, and these people admittedly are not as strong as they want. They, they're not as strong as they portray and they crack very easily, you know, but the real rocks, the real, real people that can go in there, stoic, stone face, and you're not going to, you're not going to make me a bitch in any, in any particular way are the ones that are seen as more antagonistic or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think that, you know, one of the hardest things about continuing to be in this space is that you got to realize that history is written by the winners. And and that's just one of the facts of, like, life. So these people who do, like, the bare minimum or, like, I, I can't shit on Kofi's win, right? I can't shit on that. 
because that's a huge political undertaking, right? And despite the information I know about what it takes to succeed in those kind of spaces, ugh, uh, but like what it takes to succeed in those kind of spaces, you know, for for a brother to even get there is 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 a huge accomplishment. But you know, we, we 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 go back to that. We go back to that, and we 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 celebrate that. But then we forget what happened six months later, in eight seconds, and subsequently thereafter, right? So it's like, yeah, you reached the mountaintop, and then now you've relegated you're relegated down to what you did right before then, instead of like remaining in the mix. But we're seeing someone fail in the position on top continuously fail to be a captivating lead antagonist. I mean protagonist. But they it's like you're not but you gonna stay there, bro. We're gonna make that work. But this person who did relatively well by all figures was cast aside as soon as it was over. And was cast aside in the most like clear way possible. So I just think that, you know, that the the, the mainstream and the independent kind of share that brain in just very opposite ways. You know, the mainstream is a lot more in your face, this is what it is. And the 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 the, the, the independent is a lot more covert and a lot more laid in microaggression. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Hey, that right there, that that's gospel right there. Um I wanna talk about this because uh it was just really weird. It was just like one of those things where like, here we go again, uh, yesterday with, uh, the Maddie Bianca Belair situation. Did you, did you see that, Lorenzo? Did you get a chance to catch up on that yesterday? No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, school me. Okay. So, um, on AW Dark, um, uh, um, a woman wrestler, um, her name is Maddie. Um, I forgot her last name. It's real long. Um, she debuted on AEW Dark in a match and everything. And this girl was, you can, by all means, an unseasoned, just nothing but salt and pepper and accent version of Bianca Belair. Homegirl had the ponytail. She was pretty much doing everything but the skipping. Like talking trash, like yo, know, like you look at the match, you like what? And then you look at the girl how she acting, you like what? So somebody called it out, like yo, like what is this going on with AEW with Bianca Belair? And the girl had the right to had had the gall, the unmitigated, the unmitigated gall, as our brother Stephen A. Smith would say, uh. To quote tweet and say, um, but my hair is real though. <laughs> so um, she immediately um, swole. Shout out to Big Swole. Immediately, like yo, like you talking real reckless and crazy right now. Like you need to chill. So shout out to Big Swole for that. Um. I don't know if any of the, uh, she she was retweeting stuff that people were saying and it was just like yo you 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 wildin'. 
The, the performer herself? After, yes, the performer herself was retweeting uh, stuff. Heard. Gotcha. Wow. And it was just like, yo, like, where are the OGs at? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, like, what, like, what is going on with that whole situation? And it was just, it was, I won't say jarring, you know, because, I mean, we did see it with, um, with another, uh, with another person. And they said she acted like Billy Kay, but she said it, you know, on Twitter. She was like, yo, Billy Kay's my inspiration. So, like, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, my character is definitely in homage to that. But this girl was just like, nah, this all me. She talked about Popeye's chicken sandwiches and stuff on her, on her timeline and all type. Like, I got to go to this page. I got to see it now. This is, this is, this is, this is, this, yo, yo, the world we live in. And it's just crazy because we just seen like a chronicle, or, like a, a documentary on Bianca, and like it pretty much she gave us everything about what she had been going through and what you know and how she how she got to this point. It was just, I just thought it was just like wow, like just a couple of days after this, now we just see like this clone or whatever this is, and it's just like when is something that's ours? gonna be ours and it goes back to what you know what billy was talking about with the whole like is this for us or is this just for us in the middle in the midst of everything else like it's just like what what are we doing what are we doing yeah i you know it's this is something that that's pretty layered and i think i probably gotta investigate the situation a little bit more i just, I just totally miss it but yeah, I don't you know, know if y'all saw it. I was just, you know, just like Yeah. Oh, I peeped. Oh, you peeped? Okay. I mean, I had mentioned it earlier. I had mentioned Yeah, it earlier. that's what, Yeah. Um, so so I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say something that's like not with the current lane of thinking. I think that I'm and I tweeted about this yesterday when I said I said something to the effect of like public outrage on this app is so last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, um that's low hanging fruit to me. That's low hanging fruit. You know, mm-hmm. you got a woman who is about to do her thing in probably like one of the main events of WrestleMania, like what, two days this year? And you got a child who is saying something that she thinks is heel heat. Like, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying, like, these are the facts of the situation, right? This young right. woman is probably saying something for heel heat, right? Because she definitely played a heel. And also was trained by Booker T, pregnant pause. Also, you know, that, you know, this doesn't excuse the the incredible anti-black nature of what she said, but like, how do I put it? White people don't know what microaggressions are. Right, like they don't know that it's like this, like nuanced, layered, like, but easy to easy to understand once you get their thing, right? So this this young woman is like 21 years years old, you know, and she's doing this thing that like anybody that green in the business, like this is oh I'm getting heel heat, and then it's like oh you're saying this thing that's anti-black, right? And and, and here's where I disagree with like 
the 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 Twitter mentality. After like the twenty fifth hundredth tweet she got, you're not you're not hitting home. You're not hitting home. You're, you're, you're just not. You're, you're not like you're you're not making a point. Not through right. So what's gonna happen is this young woman's not gonna go on the defense, and now she's going to think, oh, they're trying to make me out to be a racist, not knowing that she did an anti-black action, not knowing, you know, that what, and I truly believe that that was the act of her trying to do heel heat, and not uh, cause what she caused on the, the timeline. You know what I mean? Uh, because you know a lot of the the lexicon and language around Hugh Heat with black women in wrestling pertains to their hair, right? Pertains to pertains to the visual, highly visual when it comes to how to give heat on a black woman. So, you know, if this girl is going by off of what she's been taught, both in and out of the ring, that's her that's her train of thought. The problem that I have with these situations is is again, like I said earlier, there comes a point where you're telling this this person you fucked up. And then at some point it turns into like this like Mean girls, like, slash, mommy dearest, slash, like, fucking, like, militaristic competition for who can tell her she fucked up the best. Who can continuously create discourse on this fuck up, right? So at some point, you know, and if a black woman wanted to go off on that, I'm not going to tell that sister her place, right? But it's always interesting to me that when this happens to black women in wrestling, they're a lot more concise in their disdain for these kind of things than literally everybody else. So most black women were just like, wow, oh, I was fucked up. The fuck? This, that, and third. But then we see in everybody else layers and layers and layers of tweets and threads. And it's just like, at, so at what point did we forget that, like, Scroll did something fucked up to the sister, and now we're trying to get into creating currency via Twitter clout, discussing how fucked up what she did is. And then overblowing what she did to continue the currency going. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my biggest takeaway from that. She did something fucked up. Absolutely. I'm not diminishing, I'm not diminishing that. But the problem with the, the app and, and the discourse it's, is that it compares to the cloud chasing. It, it gets lost within minutes. You know, it gets lost within minutes and then it becomes a parody of of of, of why you would be upset. Yeah, that's it right there. I I did that. I just um Like I said, for me seeing it, it was just like, it's just, that's just crazy. And like you said, it just becomes a moment where like everybody's piling on and the message gets lost and everybody's just pretty much trying to send zingers or whatever for, you know, who can get the most for, for retweets and likes and stuff like that. It just becomes a clout, a clout chasing session and the message gets convoluted and diluted and it doesn't even to the point where nobody even knows what it is anymore. If it is sometimes Twitter is like a game of telephone within itself, even though you see all these typed words 
You know, you remember have to like sit in the line. We, we whisper something in somebody's ear, then they whisper it, and then they whisper it. And by the time I get down to the end, and sometimes it's completely different. Like sometimes that's that's how like a, a quote the quote tweets are sometimes <laughs> in the threads. It's, it's it's wild for me, man. But um, Billy, you said you got something coming up. Di- um, coming up new called the Cassandra Cup. Um, if you can, can you tell us any more about it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm partnering. So uh, Billy Dixon Joint has subsections. So Butch versus Gore handles a lot of the more LGBT stuff um, that are my projects. And uh, IWTV and myself and uh, my partner Lowe teamed up for the Cassandra Cup, which is um, an eight-person single elimination tournament. Um, featuring, uh, for me, I think members of the LGBT community that don't get that much love and deserve like a platform to just like use the ring as their canvas, like for, for, for whatever they're gonna do. And, um, the winner of the tournament receives a trophy, um, uh, the cup, uh, and they get a, a IWTV championship match as well as, um, a Paris is Muppin Championship match. So they get a lot mm. of different things. Um, and uh, we have other non-tournament action. Um, I'm defending the Chocolate City Championship. Okay. There's a, there's a tag team match that's really, really good. There's a, a, a match featuring two very sexually charged individuals. That was fun. Uh, somebody got a live mic and laid down the challenge for some real shit to go down. Uh, what else happened? Oh, and then um, there is a match that was kind of like a a, a shout out to the people at Butch versus Gore who watched that event, who for a literally a year straight have asked for a specific match, um, for us to honor a particular famous individual. Uh, so we did that, and that's a lot. That match. Watching that, I was very wowed by how great that is, and there's a lot of breakout performances in that match. That's oof, that's gonna be that's gonna be a hit. Um, and you know, we're featuring a young black uh, LGBT ring announcer who just started as part of that call in the action uh, ring announcing. Uh, we got we got a we got a lot of cool shit happening, as well as um, just uh, to me, me kind of taking the, the the role of creating an actual wrestling event and seeing like how much fun that is and how can I how do you do that how do you format that all that kind of stuff as well as um how do I put it create so like LGBT shows right for the most part they're like party atmospheres right mm-hmm. so in the locker room meeting you know. I said, we, we, we've proven that we can do parties. We've proven that we can do camp. I want us to be athletes, like just straight up, you know, I and we don't it. need, we don't need a, a, you know, a suit and tie and a serious dramatic voice for 10 minutes saying that we're athletes. Just go out there and do your shit, you know, and it's, it's, it's I think it's a, it's a hit. I think it's going to be really interesting. And, um, 
I'm pretty sure that's the reason why they moved the WrestleMania date, if you ask me. Because <laughs> uh, the whole point was that we were going to go head-to-head with WrestleMania on March 28th, which was the original WrestleMania date. And now WrestleMania has been moved to April 10th and 11th. So now we have that night to ourselves. So special start time is 7 p.m. on IWTV, Sunday, March 28th, 2020. Mm, Vince fears Billy. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Yo, let me ask you this, man, because, listen, um, I don't know if I've said it enough. You have one of the best promo games I've ever seen. And, like, one of the ones that, like, you and O'Shea with Trish in the ring, like, me, like I felt all that emotion. And, like, I'm to the point where I was like, yo, I'm ready to see Billy Two Bells. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to see what that's about. I'm trying to see what's going on with that. Me too, shit. <laughs> so, so, so what's up with that? Are we, are we going to get to see that? Or, or do you got to go through O'Shea? Like, what, what we, what we got to go, what we got to see? What's going on? I don't know, man. Um, listen, I have, you know, my cre like, you know, I had to make a tweet about this, you know, I do these productions and everything, but I'm still very much an active singles wrestler, right? So my goal this year, my number one goal this year as a wrestler is I want to hold the Taco City title and the Pan Af Championship at the same time. Let's Absolutely. go. That's my goal. I love my sister to death, but gotta go. I need that uh. shit. I'm trying to be the world's heavyweight champion. Listen, that's the world's heavyweight wrestling championship as far as I'm concerned. That's the top prize in this game, period. Right. Like, I can't I can't fathom any other title that is more important mm-hmm. than that championship. And Trish is, right. like, the, the the rock of this community of, like, performers, and she's done a great job holding that torch in the middle of a pandemic and elevating it and creating a great profile. But with all that admiration... When the bell rings, that's not my friend. That's she's uh. trying to take money off my table, you know? <laughs> she's trying to take glory away from me. And I'm not gonna be a dick about it, but I will definitely make her tap out so I can get my belt because I'm the number one contender according to uh PWI. So mm. uh O'Shea is the number two contender, so <laughs> suck on that nigga. But um <laughs> uh so you know, I'm definitely waiting for my championship match. Um, I know that there is a Fight Club show. There may be one before, but there's one tentatively scheduled for Juneteenth this year. And look, that's a perfect day for me to leave on some mega Gemini shit, you know, (laughs) with two belts in my city, you know, that I love walking out. But, yeah, I mean, me and O'Shea, you know, O'Shea's in his Ring of Honor deal. Congratulations to him. Don't know how that's going to work out. But, yeah, my number one goal this year is I want to become the Pan-African World Diaspora Wrestling Champion. That's 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 it. That's my only goal as a wrestler. So we're going to make that happen. Mm. We got we got to see it. We got to see that happen, man. And I we love gotta... Trish, man. It's, 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 yeah, that was, that was a very convincing, uh, like you said, best, best, this man is the business, so he's going to get the best promo, but that, that was a very convincing uh, campaign. Yeah, let's, let's, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Listen, she might start beating my ass. I don't know, but I'm a, <laughs> I hook about crook. I'm trying to get that, 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 that. 
trying to get that that pay increase. Feel me? So I feel you, man. I feel you. Now you also, uh, like you said, you got to make a drive. Um, you going against Effie in the fight forever. Uh, yep. Home thing. That's gonna uh, be a good match. Yep, that's my homie. Uh, we doing a big gay death match. Uh, where it's it's gonna be a not for the faint heart for a lot of. <laughs> 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 All my little pretentious little New York art cred about to go out the window with this one. I'm telling you. Oh my god. We we planted some crazy shit because we're two very very sick individuals who don't care about being serious sometimes. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. That is the Saturday on uh, free for YouTube fundraiser for wrestlers. So that's dope. And then uh, next month I'm also wrestling one of my OGs, which I'm very emotionally invested in this match. I'm defending the uh, Chocolate City Championship against my OG Ron Starr in, mm. I think it's Philly or Jersey, for Ringside Live's initial uh, show, um, me and him for the championship. So I'm looking forward to uh, to wrestling an OG. I haven't wrestled an OG in a minute, but I want mm. my whole ass. That's going to be fun. Now you've been doing a lot of like you say you've been doing a lot of production and so you've been saying that you still want to you still want to do singles competition. What do you like more? Do you like being in the back of the house, you know, you say you, you run around crazy, you be looking crazy when you doing your production thing. Do you like being out there working or do you like being in the back, you know, pulling the strings and making sure everything is is happening? I'll tell you what my body likes more. Uh, <laughs> My body like going there, getting getting my bumps and leaving. Uh, but creating is a lot of fun, you know. And I'm not calling myself a genius on this level at all. But I remember watching. Uh, I rewatched Michael Jackson's "This Is It," right? And the way he explains, he'll have a seven minute conversation about one note, right? Like an agonizing detail about one particular note of a song or a refrain or anything like that. And then I was like, yo, that literally explaining to somebody why they can't do a sunset flip. Like, and I, I'm like, and, 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 and this man, you can see the excitement in his eyes about like, it's gotta be this way. And it's just gotta be this way. And also like him being a control freak where, you know, in that film, you really get to see the mind of a genius and the mind of someone who is so in tune with their art is really something. Uh, and also, one of the biggest things is he was such a control freak. He actually leads every single song before the note drops. If you watch that film again, he says at least 10 times, I'll start it. I'll start it. And I'm a, I'm a lot of the same way. So to answer your question, I think I like creating more than I like wrestling. But I really like beating motherfuckers up. I can't lie. <laughs> um and I like I I I I I like what I bring to the table as a wrestler because it's very different. you know I get a lot of criticism for the, the style of matches that I have because they believe that I'm too big to be the underdog that I am but I think that that creates a lot more intrigue and you know one of the things I really strive for is I like for the people who root for me to get frustrated when I can't get the comeback going. I remember uh, when we, and this was weird because we were taping Paris is bumping 
And me and Darius Carter, who's probably the best man I've ever wrestled, best one of the three best wrestlers I've ever seen live before we wrestled. And mm-hmm. I could tell that they were not acting anymore. And they they got they they kind of fell into it, and they were getting frustrated that I didn't hit this man. And that's the magic for me. The magic mm. is that switch. It may last for one minute to, to ten, but when they get there, that's the magic. And you can't, as much as I like creating that with a piece of paper and directing it, being the guy on the mat, that's that's wow. that's, that's such an experience. That's such an experience. It takes you to uh, an ethereal place. You know, like I say, I'm. Most, I feel most connected to God when I wrestle. Mm. That's some powerful shit, brother. I want to ask you this too. Now you was talking about New York, your art, the art scene in New York. Now, are we gonna see any more like tag matches or whatever with you and MV Young, or are we gonna see something between y'all? What, what's going on with that, man? I love that white man. Let me say something. <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he. Yo, that's my dog. Like. This man literally asked me to be the best man in his wedding that may happen in five to ten years. I love that man. Um, <laughs> we were supposed to have a tag team match that got canceled at the last minute. Um, we had like we have gear and everything. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely in the works. We just haven't gotten booked as a tag team, uh, but we definitely are a tag team in other ways. You know, creating projects and lifting each other up and shit like that. Shout out to him. He's doing a lot of really fucking dope shit. Um, I like in his own lane, in his own lane, he's and he, you know, he he he. We're all crazy, but he on a other, another level of crazy. <laughs> um, but definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Shout out to MV Young man, like he, like the promos. Like there's this one video where uh, there's one thing that he put up, and I say like, yo, that's an affirmation I gotta say to myself in the mirror where he's talking about the moon is a star. Oh, I'm the star. I was like, yo, that's an affirmation to that's say to yourself. Not, that's not a character though, yo. <laughs> I will be at his house, his sorry, at his mansion. I will be at this man's mansion. He that is not. I'm telling you, that's real. This man <laughs> is up with himself like that. This man, everybody wants to fuck him. Like that's some real shit. And he also is polyamorous in real life. So it's you know it's not a stretch, but that man that man loves himself. Like he got right. a, a unshakable confidence for sure. I love it. And he's got a dope wrestling style, too. I've seen his matches. He's dope, man. He's just super dope. Shout out to MV Young, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lo, what's good, brother? You got anything? What's happening? Listen, man. I, no, I was just listening to y'all talking about MV. That motherfucker, man. <laughs> Untouchable. Because when you look, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I never met MV. You know, just a couple of interactions on Twitter. But it's like, yeah, this ain't, that, ain't, that, ain't, that, ain't, that ain't no gimmick. That's, that's no, really definitely. You know, but yeah, I just think he's uh he's definitely unique, one of a kind, man. And I'm glad that you know, we might be seeing some shit soon. So looking forward. Definitely, man. Definitely, definitely glad about that shit. Um, what was something else I wanted to talk about? I'm trying to think, but I can't remember because of my, you know. 1942, man. I'm not drinking that shit no more. I'm not drinking. Tequila anymore? It's not good. It's not good for the. It's not good for the body. It's not good for the brain. Not at all, man. It, I'm trying to stay. I gotta stay away from it. But other than all the things you got, now, okay. I think I got a question. Now, 
with all these things going on, like even with work, how do you take time for like you, like your self care? Like, how, like you, you, you got your hand in all these pots and you're working on so much stuff, but you're also working and you know taking care of yourself. How do you, how do you? How does Billy like take time for just Billy? Well, <clears throat> um, number one is I'm I practice sobriety now. Uh, that's a way to take care of myself because I'd rather have my free time to be conscious than in another, you know, state. That's my personal choice. A lot of shit has happened recently with losses in my family and things like that that kind of created the, 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 the environment to do that. Um, but I do a bunch of different things. Uh, I go on walks. I hang out with my dogs. I mean, it's still a whole Panasonic out here, so I can't do a lot of stuff. <laughs> but uh, I go on walks. I watch a lot of documentaries. I read books. I have a, um, I'm doing this thing called Bodega Book Club, where my goal is to read 10 books this year. And I, I finished reading, uh, and right now, like, the first three are all about black women. But I finished uh, Naya Rivera's Sorry Not Sorry. I'm in the middle of Mariah Carey's book. Yo, that shit is so fucking heavy. That's some heavy-ass shit. Um, and then I think um, one of the girls from Pose released a book that I might cop. Um, mm. And uh, then there's some other stuff. And then, you know, get into, like, you know, some real, like, Zen nigga shit, like 48 Laws of Power, all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, I read books. I watch documentaries. I watch a lot of different shows. Um and uh, I sketch, you know, I hang out with my shorty when I can, um, but that's not often because, you know, I'm not trying to kill people. Uh, and I just, you know, I mean, my brother is moving in to my house in a couple of days. Holy shit. So I'm going to be spending time with my brother. But, you know, I keep to myself. I try to stay off, stay off Twitter and get in and shit on Twitter. You know, I don't have a lot of free time. I don't, but I maximize it. You know, just doing the shit I love, which I'm really simple. So I live a real simple life outside of the character. I love it, man. That That's important because, I mean, we always talk about self-care. We talk about self-care a lot. Um, so I just want to ask somebody who, listen, your place is always full. You always, you own it. I always see, you know, working or doing something. So I, I just wanted to to ask that question because you know self-care is important um and also like we, we don't get to talk to a lot of wrestlers you know and ask them you know about their self-care and everything but also but it's just more than that you know you're much more than a friend you're like a brother to us so we care about your brother we love you man Equalmente. yeah we love you so much man for what you bring to the table what you are to us and everything man it's Irreplaceable, brother. Irreplaceable, man. What's up, Lorenzo? Not much, man. Um, I'm just thinking about how I think this is probably one of our, and I'm, you know, it, it could be cliche, but I, I definitely think this is one of our best episodes so far. That I think it's like, you know, definitely top three. You know what? It wouldn't be an episode without us saying this is our best episode. And that's just to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta try to beat ourselves every time, just like you gotta say every fucking bar. Every time, it, man. Every, right. Yo, I wanted yeah. to ask y'all about this shit. We we haven't talked. We've been talking like super heavy wrestling shit. 
So um, apparently T.I. and Tiny are out here, like, raping people. I was reading about this early before I mm-hmm. got on. Before we... Yo, there's this woman on Instagram sharing all these victim stories or whatever. It all started from this woman saying that T.I. pulled out a gun on her. And Tiny said that that's a lie and everything. But the woman was like, girl, you don't know nothing because all you be doing is popping Molly and doing cocaine. And how they be going through Atlanta and the clubs of Atlanta, preying on young women, getting them for threesomes. But then Tiny gets mad because she don't get no attention. So she's trying to fight the girls. And then all they, it's just a bunch of drugs, fights, violence, no music. And T.I. <laughs> Not no music. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I, I don't have knowledge, so I can't say something as an absolute, but there's something to be said for most families that do the family, you know, the perfect family uh, thing are far from. And also, uh, you know, T.I.'s vested interest in women's genitalia and reproductive health is documented as well as you know his infidelity towards his wife so there's that um but i think one of the things that you know with pizzagate and all these things that are happening i think one of the things that we just have to kind of learn is that hollywood and celebrity probably amplifies rape culture by at least a million percent I think that's just par for the I don't want to say it like that's okay, but I think that's just part of what we need to understand as these things continue to happen. You know, this could be bullshit, you know, like, but, you know, Hollywood definitely thrives off of sexual manipulation and sexual torture to a really weird extent. So there's that. Hey, uh, Lorenzo, your boy said he's wearing the face for uh, his Super Bowl performance. I figured that he was going to do that because, like, that's just where he is right now, I guess. And yeah, I, 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 I just can't wait to see the spectacle. He, he's a very, he's, he's a funny guy for this. But I think it's very creative, right? I just think that, uh, I just, I just, I just can't wait to see the responses from, you know, the, the, the outraged people online and stuff like that. Who's doing the Super Bowl? Uh, the weekend. Oh shit. I dug his last record. I liked it. I thought it was dope. Yeah, it was it was pretty good, pretty good. But um, yeah, man, he I I, I think that the you know the halftime show was definitely next on his you know career trajectory and everything. Good pick. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to see that. Uh, who, who y'all got? Y'all got Chiefs, Chiefs, and uh, who? The the Bucks. Yeah, man. The WrestleMania 36ers. 37ers too. Yeah, I I like I like Kansas City. I, I I like Andy. You know, former coach of the Eagles. Repeat. Is Andy. it a repeat coming? Yeah, I just need Andy to knock off Tom Brady because you know Super Bowl 39. Eagles, Patriots, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, you know, not a good time. We definitely won Super Bowl 52, but, you know, Andy Reid wasn't there, so I would like him to get this win over those guys this time. 
because Tom Brady don't need no more rings. I, I, I'm of that crowd. Sorry. Uh, I just want to say, uh, I don't know, man. I kind of want to see Antonio Brown get a ring. This man has went through, uh, like his toes almost froze off at one point. He had, this man went through hypothermia, all these charges and everything. And now he's about to go to the Super Bowl. He, he tried to, he came out with an album. Yeah. I I kind of want to see Antonio yeah. Brown get a ring. I kind of want to see that. I don't. I haven't watched too much of like Tampa Bay's games, and I guess this is more of a football conversation. But how much is he involved in their offense? Uh, he's kind of like the slot receiver, like that. Like, I mean, okay. you got you got him, Mike Evans, Goodwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a good third option. Yeah, because I only saw like one of their games this year, and that was the other week. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, Antonio, man, he been he been carrying it for a minute. There's a couple other cats on that team that you know got a good art going on where they could get a ring. I think uh, who else is there? Le'Veon is Le'Veon in Tampa? Le'Veon is in Kansas City. Oh, he's oh he's in Kansas City now. But oh right, because no, not Le'Veon. I'm thinking about another former Philadelphia Eagle, Sean McCoy. Shady, Shady, he's over there in um, yeah. Kansas City too. He's playing. He's playing in back. Oh, he's he's still with Kansas City. I think I know he was there last year. He was definitely was there last year, but he was traded because I, I had him on uh, fantasy. He's with he's he was right behind. What's the other? What's they what's they first? What's their first running back? Uh, I, I forget know. that guy. But he's Shady is playing in back to back bowls with with two different teams. He's definitely with Tampa now. Um, he was with him last year. Though. But so there's a couple cats that could get a ring, man. You know we're gonna see though. It should be a good game. Yeah. So we were talking about this um, in a couple of episodes ago about Mulatto. You know. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But Mulatto says she won't be releasing no music until her name change is revealed. Oh. Exactly. She decided she, she's going to change her name. Hmm. Okay. You see. What do you think? What, do you, what, you, what, what you betting on? <laughs> it's like no telling, but like. I think she's. I feel like she's just gonna go by Big Lotto. That's that's, that's probably yeah. Like that's where I think that's gonna happen. Um, what else? Uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, okay, today's J Cole birthday and Rick Ross's birthday. So happy birthday to Rick Ross. And J. Cole. And I think we should have known that because doesn't he have a song out called uh, January 28th? Yeah, check the birth date, nigga. You ain't the God. Nigga, Cole the God. Right. <laughs> Talk crazy. Uh, Mike <laughs> Pence. Mike Pence and his wife, Karen, are reportedly homeless. Stop it. Yes. Following his four-year stretch as vice president, it is being reported that Mike Pence has nowhere to stay following his return to Indiana, where he is couch surfing with his wife, as they are technically homeless. Nah, you gotta give me the source, brother. Who said this? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Who's this source? I'm telling you, the the best, the most reliable source that I can find this, man. This source is reliable. They're not, they're not gonna lie to me. Said they homeless, and Mike Pence and mother is homeless. Mike Pence and his wife, they have nowhere to, according, okay, according to a report by Business Insider, the former vice president and his wife currently do not have a place to call home. 
despite them having had months to plan out their housing situation after the Trump administration failed to be reelected for a second term in November. So he's reportedly staying at a cabin owned by the governor of Indiana, Eric Holcomb, who uses the spot as a retreat. And that's where he's, you know, that's where he's God, staying at. Yeah, man. It's, life comes at you fast. They just straight up. Like, yeah, them oh. niggas homo. I that mean, he funny. should be straight. That's just a funny headline. It's just, you know. You get $235,000 annually, you know, and you entitled to have Secret Service protection for for six months, you know, you, you, you're good. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess they just ain't take care of their business. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're, they're you know it's, down. it's a lot of stuff to do, you know, when you out here, you know, trying to rig elections and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Finding out finding a house is probably not on that priority list. You would think that the house would be locked down, like you know what I mean, like you know when Obama and Michelle, they went, you know they dipped back to Chicago, had their crib, like what y'all doing? Well, you know it's, you know, time has changed, so you know you just gotta be on top of your shit. Regular people and vice president for life. Are they still in Chicago? I thought they was like out in L.A. or some shit like that. I don't know where Negroes at now. They rich, so they probably anywhere, right? You know what I mean? They, you know, I know that they, you know, when they left the White House, they went back to Chicago, but they probably somewhere else now. I'm, you know, you probably right. They be living it up, man. And all the pictures, they just look like they always on vacation, man. Shout out to them. Shout out to Obama, man. You know, I fucks with him. You know, I, I mean, I don't forget about the the drone strikes, but you know, I fucks with him. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, okay, this is what we call our need to know segment. This is where uh, we have something that we've been feeling for a while, feeling for the week, and we want the people to know and check it out. Maybe, uh, Billy, what you got that you're feeling right now? Whether it's music or whatever, what do the people need to know this week? Huh. Shit. I didn't think this one through. Um Honestly, everybody need to check out their old school playlist. Cause I was driving with my cousin and the barges I like it came on. Ooh. And you know at the end L hit on high notes. Oh yeah! Oh shit! Oh, young Dale can hit them high notes too. I was shook as shit. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, just check out the old. The, just, just, just take some time to like when you got some free time, listen to the classics because like it, it, it lifted my spirit. So that's what I would suggest for anybody else. Yo, that reminds me. I saw this in the news, yo. So you know Chico DeBarge, right? Mm-hmm. Why did Chico DeBarge get arrested for impersonating his brother? It, it was during a drug bust. They had found meth and a whole bunch of stuff on him, and he tried to say that he was his brother. That's crazy. Not surprised. Just, that's crazy. The DeBarge family, man. They, the boys could have been the Jacksons. They just got plagued by drugs and alcohol and addiction. Yeah. Uh, man. But they made some hits, man. Come on, Switch. 
Yo, I'll call your name. I don't give. Yo, I'll call your name. Is is them? Is them one of them songs, bro? I'll call your name. Mm-hmm. It's one of like, the greatest songs of all time, bro. You might as well say that shit. Yeah, I used to yeah, think about immature things. You know, like, do you love me? Do you want me? Are you going to call me like you said you would? Is this even your real phone number? Niggas still going through shit like that to this day. To this day. <laughs> uh, no Deontay? No Deontay or with Deontay? <laughs> with. With. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, oh, man. <laughs> yo, <laughs> man, yo, that song, damn, that shit was crazy. Like Bobby just out there, Bobby just floating on that joint. He just floating on that track. He just floating, man. Have you seen the Bobby mm. the Barge movie with uh with Lloyd in it? No, I ain't see that joint yet. Did it drop? Yeah, that dropped like years ago, like on TV One or some shit. I got it, bro. The seventies is just the greatest era in music. You know what I mean? The seventies, you know, you got a little bit that's an eighty that kind of crossed. I know. I think I call your name was what seventy eight, seventy nine. About the end of the decade. Yeah, about the end of the decade. Is yeah that that yeah it it just rounded out the decade perfectly, dog. The seventies is the shit. Yeah, man. My need to know is um. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of a halfer, but um, if you don't get to check out one, you should definitely check out the other. Uh, my need to know is fucking Michael Jackson off the wall album. Check to listen. One of the great. It's quite possibly Mike's best album. Quite possibly, like everybody called this the Disco Mike album. Yo, okay. Fuck all that shit. Yes, it was done in '79, the last year, the last year, the fucking you know disco era, whatever. It actually, came out a couple of weeks before they did the whole uh, disco sucks blew up in the what you call it, um, in Chicago. It actually, came out six weeks before. So, yeah. um, this album, like this, this ain't even got like really. This is really Quincy. And Mike kind of getting a feel for each other. Like, this is in, man. Like, yo, the, he got fucking Stevie Wonder to take Can't Help It off Songs in the Key of Life. Because Stevie was like, yeah, that's about, that was going to be on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Mike's, hey, like, Mike's like, nah, I think I'm going to do this one. I, like, mm-hmm. I always say that can't help it gets the lady in my life the fuck out of here. Uh, I've never liked one to be starting something, but don't stop till you get enough gets that the fuck out of there. Like, there's so many dope songs on fucking Off the Wall, man. Working all day and night, Off the Wall. Like, fam, I yeah. don't. But also, Get a chance to watch this album, um, watch this album, but watch this, uh, documentary. Uh, I don't know the whole name, but it's called, uh, off, it's called Off the Wall from, it's like from Motown to something, but it pretty much tells you the making of the Off the Wall album. It's directed by Spike Lee, and I, I knew I had to, you know, for my boy Billy Dixon, you know, um, it is a Spike Lee joint. 
and it has everybody on it. It's pretty much talking about like the significance of the album and, and its impact on them. Like Kobe's in it. Uh, who else is in it? Uh, it got the Quincy's in it. It got the people who's really talking of like who's involved in making the album. You find out a lot of jewels about that album, which makes it even more special. Um, it's just a really solid documentary. And it, it just talks about like how the Jacksons were so frustrated from Motown and how they wasn't allowed to be themselves after a while. And pretty much Motown had written them off. Didn't write them off for dead, but just they just wanted to keep them bubblegum. But everybody else wrote the, the Jacksons off. So they finally broke from that deal, got with CBS, and they started making their own music. They got with, you know, they went to Philly, got with Gamble and Huff, got on their soul shit. Because if you listen to, uh, there's a demo, Quest Love is on it, um, mm-hmm. in the documentary. Quest Love said there's a demo that, that he has. Of course, Quest Love has the, the demo to shake your body to the ground. Where at the end of the song, or I think at the, either at the beginning or the end of the song, you hear Jackie say, I want to see the Bee Gees top this shit. Like, you know, so like hearing right. shit like, and then you, you, yeah. and then you hear it or whatever, you like, oh shit, like, the Jacksons was really out here popping their shit off. That niggas, yeah. Like, yeah, I got that shit now, yeah. And, like, how Mike was just, like, getting so frustrated to where he was just like, all right, I did these albums with y'all niggas. I'm ready to do my shit. And everybody was, like, trying to make him feel guilty. Everybody was trying to work with him. Trying to work with him. He was like, nah, I want to do this shit myself. I want to do this my way. Like, mm-hmm. my nigga was out there at Studio 54, like they said, this thing was like at Studio Fifty Four to like five a.m. and then go to the wit, do the whiz. Nigga wasn't doing no drugs; he just been dancing the whole time and chilling. Yeah, <laughs> and then he going off to film the whiz. And, uh, and all, also a role that people didn't want him for anyway as well. They didn't want him for that role yeah. because he had left because he had left Motown and Barry Gordy was kind of like, "Fuck you, nigga." But I'm telling you, watch this movie. Um. Off the Wall, um, from Motown to Off the Wall, is a great, great documentary. Spike Lee did his thing in it. Um, they pretty much go from from the first track down to the last track, and it's just a great documentary. You learn so much stuff. You get so many jewels, and you get more appreciation for the man who was the king of the pop, which is Michael Jackson, man. So uh, definitely check that out. That's my need to know. Lorenzo. What's so. Yours? As you know, man, well, I think I gave up a Netflix last week. Uh, yeah, Luther. Yes, but, I, you know, HBO Max has definitely been, uh, it's just there, and the shit that's on there is, you know. HBO so as, Max as, is that one right now. Yeah, so as as some of us may know, there will be a new Matrix movie coming out uh, at the top of next year. Uh, I believe it's coming on, I guess by then it'll probably be on HBO Max and in theaters, depending on where we're at in this whole situation. But the the initial trilogy is on HBO Max as well. But my need to know for this week is the Animatrix, which pretty much is a series of prequel animated shorts that basically uh, tell us how the world got to where it was um, at at the events, you know, of, of the Matrix and everything. So I just think that if you watch all nine parts, you definitely have a better breakdown on like everything that happened leading up to human beings basically being used as batteries in the machine world. But overall, I just think that the matrix in and of itself is a good cautionary tale. Um, and it's crazy because the world is basically like doing a lot of the shit that 
and you know that basically led to the world being how it is in in the in the matrix universe um but this is a good cautionary tale basically you know telling us about like you know the systems of control and just and this is real good case study but the animatrix definitely is my need to know for this week dope animation informative animation and it's all in the matrix universe so you know i think it's about like an hour and a half the nine shorts total up to about an hour and a half not that long of your time so that's my need to know for this week the animatrix it's funny you say that because yo have y'all ever seen the movie wally uh the disney joint yeah yeah mm-hmm. right it's like yeah mm-hmm. i have that same kind of like thought process about how you say that the matrix is a cautionary tale and everything of how yeah, it's yeah. going i feel like that about wally yeah like pixar is crazy pixar do this like wally and you know record ralph like it's and it's kind of like you know the pixar like, universe you, kind of that's similar. what i'm saying when you see when you see all yeah. the humans in the ship just laying down chilling like yeah. i feel like that's gonna be us because like everything's so accessible to us now we ain't gotta go out. We ain't gotta really go out and get shit no more. Right. You know, everything's pretty much brought to us. Everything's at our fingertips, and everybody's pretty much like on their TV ordering shit or whatever. You know, definitely, Billy, definitely take some chance, take a time out or whatever, and watch Wally. You definitely did. I got I think Disney Plus started. Yeah, yeah, Disney Plus hard too. Oh WandaVision my God. Is right now. WandaVision is so crazy right now. I'm with that. God, they about to be goofy. Oh, yeah. Yo, episode yeah. three had me like crazy. I had to watch. Um, I've been watching uh like these YouTube. You was telling me about YouTube shit, so like, how you go on your YouTube black, you know, rabbit holes yeah, and video essays and stuff. Yeah, I've been finding and, out. Yeah, I've been watching these video essays about Wandavision and everything. Shout out to new rock stars. Um, mm. and I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. Like, I'm on a super. Like rabbit hole, where I'm like, yo, these these things is really telling the truth. This might really happen. Yeah, but yo, WandaVision is turning up. Um, if y'all haven't watched it, uh, definitely watch it. Um, yo, man, another episode done. Billy, brother, man, thank you so much for coming by. And anytime you want to come by, you know the door is always open to you, bro. Like, for real, thank you so much for you know for chopping it with us today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me and for being, to me, y'all in my top three podcasts that I listen to. So, absolutely. Pleasure. Pleasure. And I'm grateful for y'all. Thank you so much, brother. Yo, like y'all heard what he said, man, the Cassandra Cup, Vince fears Billy. He made Vince move, get out the paint, move to April. March 28th, mm-hmm. 2020 on them things. Then we're going to have the eventual, you know, coronation when Billy takes on Trish for the title. We're going to get that soon, you know. Fight Club, make it happen. Wherever we got to make this happen, make it happen. Um, we also He's also doing the, the big gay block against Effie this weekend. Yo, man, my brother, he's out here working. So thank you so much, Billy, for taking some time out with us, man. Thank you so much, brother. Pleasure's all mine. Yeah, man. Lorenzo, you know what it is, brother. We did it again. (laughs) We did it again, brother. We we doing some shit. You're on some shit. Thank you, Billy. Family for real. Of course. Of course. Um, So like we always do at this time, man, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. That is Christine Kane. Uh, 
My name is Naj. My boy Lorenzo, aka Dread Hampton. Y'all know the deal. We got Billy Dixon in the control center with us. And listen, man. Um, good night. Good luck. Inshallah. All that good stuff. And win yourself. So just chill until the next episode.